Welcome back to the HR Sucks podcast. This is it, the final episode of season one, and I couldn't help but to have one of my favorite people and friend, Adam Michaels, to close us out. Adam had huge success in the insurance industry, then left his seven-figure annual earnings behind to start a more meaningful platform as a service company in Rollify, whose ethos is benefiting people. With conscious leadership at the very center, Adam is someone that I've started to look up to, which says a lot. His story is compelling, and it feels like his journey has just started. Thank you for your continued support throughout this season. I'll see you back here in a couple of months, and I hope you enjoyed this last episode as much as I did. Today's episode is sponsored by Game Day HR. Game Day HR is changing the way the world thinks about HR. With capabilities to absorb a business's day-to-day HR tasks or support the current HR team, Game Day HR provides an affordable and efficient, dedicated HR team to help push your business forward. Visit www.gamedayhr.com today to schedule a free, that's right, free HR audit for your business. With Game Day HR, it's game day every day. We get down to the beat, y'all. We get down, down to the beat, y'all. We get down to Hello the beat, Hello and welcome y'all. to the HR Sucks podcast, where we'll get down to the good, the bad, and the crap of workplaces today. This is our final episode. Episode yeah. 30. Nope, you came in too soon. No, too soon? Came, like really? Came in too soon. <laughs> that's not that's not fun. I should be able to cheer you on in like the in the moment. Like I actually think you need to use this this intro. Like this, you can't like there's not a clap like Shut up. This is the final episode of season 1 of the HR Sucks podcast and so I am saving the best for last, we have founder and CEO of Platform as a Service Company in Rollify, author of the Amazon best-selling book, Think or Shine, and my friend, Adam. Do you Michael. know how hard it is to sit quietly? It's like, <laughs> it's the most impossible thing I think I've ever done in my entire life. It's like, I just want to like, anyway, well, thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Me too. So... How does First of all, I love the name HR Sucks. It's the greatest name of all time because their uh, HR has never really been my friend. Well, the interesting thing is that I've been told to change it, to change the name because it because um, when I get certain guests on here, they're like, Are, my followers won't listen to the, an HR Sucks podcast. So there's well, been wrong. like... There's like three people that were like, you should change it to like the Cat Gazarian show or something like that. Totally disagree. Totally disagree because authentically speaking to those of us in the world that are entrepreneurs, like the worst day of our lives is the day that we have to hire human resources and all of a sudden get rid of all of the fun, right? Like all of the, you know, and, and it's like, like compliance and human resources are the necessary evil. They're like sales prevention. They're like growth prevention and um, HR sucks. And so if you don't find a good way uh, to address it, like, you know, you, you ultimately it's a necessity. It's a necessary thing, right? Is human resources, when you take it down to its core element, it's like, it's, it's what everything is about. Like the company with the best team wins, right? That is human resources. But mm-hmm. the 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 role and the like department that is you know human resources right now needs a total brand redo and a total refresh of the way they do it, which is what you're doing. Like you're being provocative. So I totally disagree with those people. They're just stupid. Okay. Well, <laughs> what a way to kick off the show. Um, so, so that, I guess that will be up in the air. It's been a, a pretty amazing journey actually doing the podcast. I was, I, I had put it off for so long and then the pandemic hit and I'm like, what the hell else am I going to do with all this time of not traveling and, and driving. And so I did a few, a couple of episodes here and there, and then I started to get into a pretty good groove. I started asking for guests to come on that had a little bit more like it was their message mostly that I really like, not necessarily their following, but also some of them have a large following too, which yeah. isn't 
doesn't hurt us at all. And so, um, you know, we've had like NBA champions, we've had best-selling authors like yourself on here. I've had people who have a tremendous following of half a million, million followers, whatever that looks like. So I'm just excited to wrap this up at this point to start working on some other things, including Enrollify. I love it. So, so tell us, like, give our listeners your story. Sure. Um, I was, I was a little kid on the back of the school bus. It was selling bubble gum. I would take was, a quarter. Was it a short bus? No, it was a long bus. It was a full bus. Cause I needed the audience. Right. So like, <laughs> but I, I would, I'd buy a pack of bubble gum for like hubba bubba for a quarter. And then I would sell it for a quarter a piece. I'm You're really aging yourself. I know. Yes. I know. Well, <laughs> I know it was a dollar by the time you were in, in grade school, but, but I was like, you know, and then I got new verticals. I got busted in the third grade for dealing pixie sticks. Like it was always that kid um, went to college on an academic scholarship, um, which I blew because it became a nightclub promoter. Um, and then, yeah, buddy. then I left school um, full time at 19 and became a stockbroker and fell into the insurance industry. And 25 years later, um, don't know really, you know, what happened. Spent a lot of time with, with, um, with Aflac and building agencies across the U.S., Mm-hmm. Um, my last role there was I led a team of 5,000 salespeople do a quarter billion dollars in sales. I left in 2017, done. I was like, um, I am finished. I'm going to, I wrote a book. So I wrote Sink or Shine, uh, which was how to attract clients and talent by the, by the brightness of your mission. It uses a metaphor of a lighthouse versus a tugboat. Uh, it was a very cathartic process for me of what mm-hmm. was wrong with corporate America, what was wrong with actually human resources. Um, not the not the job human resources, but the way that companies kind of of, of see it and then uh, did some consulting and then realized they needed to build something. And so, you know, we're reimagining the way that we benefit people. And, um, you know, ironically, benefits don't benefit anyone. No one really likes them. They even just it's just you bring it up. It's like, ugh, right. So it's here's another HR function. So we're trying to reimagine the ecosystem and and uh, deliver better outcomes, you know, through it. I, I mean, that's not inaccurate. I always dodge my broker's calls, like for yeah. the com- company benefits. I'm, it's like the last thing that I want to talk about. It's the last thing. I'm just like, just tell me what to do. Just yeah. enroll me in whatever you think. Like, here's my situation. Tell me which plan to pick. And let's just call it a day. Like, I, I don't spend any time really on employee benefits. And then, and I think for me, because I don't use them, I don't really go to the doctor that often. Well, and the problem, the problem with the industry as a whole is that there's no correlation between quality and cost. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so, um, and, and so it gives a lot of people in all of the jargon and all of like the, you know, the, the, the way they explain things, right. Like even like, like I, like the perfect example is in a high deductible health plan or an HDHTP or, um, it, you know, just all of these acronyms and, and things, all they do is they serve to confuse the public and create a dramatic, you know, amount, a tremendous amount of anxiety, Mm-hmm. And so really, you know, any behavioral change, any strategic imperative, anything that requires, you know, um, a little bit of involvement requires engagement and requires education. And that's the flaw. It's the fatal flaw in benefits is that that really what we have is massive disengagement and mm-hmm. and really ignorance. Um, and it's 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 at the company level all the way down into, you know, the employee population. And so, um, you know, it's. It, people have, have really over-indexed, you know, leveraging technology on their wants, but they failed to really address their needs. And so we're trying to use technology, a combination of technology and empathetic subject matter experts to change that, to get people engaged and ultimately to get them educated. And we think this is the difference between turning a great strategy into a result. Like no company offers benefits to be nice, right? Human resources offers benefits to attract and retain people, Right. It's it's mm-hmm. it's the you know, other than salary, it's the you know, and, and maybe culture, it's the next thing in line. Um, and so we got to get better at the engagement. We got to get people educated. When did you start Enrollify? So, I mean, I've been dreaming about it for years. I mean, I think I, the first time I was in an Uber, I was like, oh, my God, this there's opportunity here in other verticals. And um, so, you know, we're trying to create another category of opportunity. 
um, where we feel like corporate America has fallen short and we feel like the gig economy has fallen short, right? So the gig economy doesn't really offer flexibility. It doesn't offer this kind of self-determination that so many people aspire to. And corporate America has bureaucracy and has all of this other kind of politics and crap. And so, you know, we think that there's this, you know, a new category of opportunity. So I've been dreaming about being the launch pad or being the destination for entrepreneurs that lack the capital, the idea, or the know-how forever. And so, you know, as we looked at the whole ecosystem, I believe for a long time that insurance is one of the great places for entrepreneurs to spend their energy and their effort to grow skills so that they can move on and do something else. So we're not really looking to be the final destination. We're looking to be a stopping point along the journey, and um, and so that's been that's been in you know ingrained in in me for a long time. But when I left Aflac, um, I just started to think about you know where the gaps were, and most of the insure tech money had gone into either data integrity to solve for legacy systems or AI and machine learning. Mm-hmm. And consumers, when you're talking about engagement and education, um, when it's not a commodity, when the gravity of a decision has complication, cost, or implications of a bad decision, consumers are like out, right? They want they want their handheld, they want somebody. And so that was the white space that we saw and, and we, we jumped on. So it's been really two years of working diligently towards, you know, figuring out exactly what that looks like. So to give our listeners kind of a high level simplified explanation. So you have Uber who has this whole database of drivers who are, you know, these are considered gig jobs. They're, they're, well, that's debatable, I'm sure, but they're self-employed essentially legally right now. And, and they, and then you have the people who need a ride somewhere and so this platform, obviously Uber, which is a platform, brings these two things together. And, and the drivers are rated based off of how their passengers enjoyed the ride on, on a, several different metrics, right? Like cleanliness and were, did they drive safe and how were they, you know, socially or personality wise, et cetera. So give us like a high level yeah, like I think that. Fill, I think, fill the pockets, but for enroll effect. Yeah, I think Uber is probably the raw because it's such a it's in no offense to driving, but it's a low skill, right? It's a low skill mm-hmm. kind of role. Uh, I think it's more like like Uber meets Geek Squad for employee benefits, right? Okay. So you wouldn't spend twenty thousand dollars on tech now technology for your house, right? Mm-hmm. TVs and doorbell systems and smart this and that, and then try to install it with a handbook and a web portal. Well, every single year, employees are, are faced with a $20,000 decision and mm-hmm. handed a web portal or a handbook and said, here, make this decision. And so what we do is we mobilize empathetic subject matter experts to help them, you know, that happen to be independent contractors, licensed agents that are able to um, meet a, a consumer in that final mile and, um, and, and help them make good decisions about their benefits. And, and that marketplace exists in conjunction with a project management platform that allows anyone who's sitting behind it to, to drive employee engagement and mobilize those, those folks. Select them, mobilize them, they've got credentialing. I mean, the system's really robust, but it's Uber meets Geek Squad for employee benefits. Ultimately, if we focus first on the consumer experience, it's a high touch, high tech solution to better understanding of benefits. So what is your, I mean, at this point, right, you th- kind of threw away what you're making, you know, your income, what you were generating, you and, and, and then your other, another co-founder, Chris Hager, right? You guys were seven figure earners um, yeah. in your last positions. You just throw it all away. You sell fund and then you get a couple of other investors involved um, to start this company. You launch beta in July yeah, we came right. out of beta. We came out of beta in July. Yeah, came out June. of beta in July, and which was five, six, seven months ago. Yeah. And where are you now? It's crazy. I mean, bananas. Like, um, I, I, you know, I feel guilty to say this, but you know, COVID has been a blessing for us, right? It's massively accelerated, um, like it's hyperspeeded the way that consumers are engaging, right? So even now, right now, we're doing a podcast. We're using Zoom 
Mm-hmm. Zoom was basically, you know, a very small window. Not everybody knows how to do it, right? So you're doing teachers conferences over Zoom. Like I'll never go back into my kid's school ever again, ever. Mm-hmm. So, so the same thing has kind of happened in this, in the space where HR used to be, well, we don't want to push our employees or we don't want to force them to be educated. Now they're like, oh my God, you'll meet them in this, you know, in this environment. And you've got flexible technology tools that allow that to happen. So we've exploded. Um, you know, we've got, we have, um, you know, contracts in, in, in flight with several fortune 500 insurance carriers. Um, we are, you know, working with agencies across the United States that are bringing these things in house, uh, to improve their results and outcomes and also their revenue. Um, we've got interest from a bunch of investors. Um, and you know, quite honestly, we, we were, we, um, a lot of this has happened a lot faster than we expected. So right now we're leaning in on our first mover advantage. We're weighing out whether we take money today and really hyperspeed it, or if we just rest on the fact that we have a bunch of contracts and and use that money and try to hold out to the end of the year before we raise uh, so that we can have a higher valuation. It's so interesting, um, just even the evolution from when I started talking to you all Um, how I got involved in it. So just to give our listeners an idea of how I got involved with this company, um, I posted something about Ed Milet, I believe, on my social media. Your co-founder's wife responded, who used to be my supervisor like 12 years ago or something like that for a temp job, by the way, um, she was like, Oh, my husband. And you know, they were just at his house. I'm like, Oh, what are they working on? And she's like, Oh, it's for employee benefits. Actually, you should talk to him. So then we connect, we schedule this like dinner, right? No, I, I have a demo with Chris first with Hager. Sorry. He's better known as Hager. I do yeah, this de- call him Chris. He's like, who's that? Yeah. I do this demo with him and I would say, I understood 30% of it at the time. And then I asked a bunch of questions. I met with you, asked more questions. We had dinner, still maybe 50%. I understood how it worked. I just love, I mean, I loved you instantly. Like I was like, oh my God. That's where I'm going with this was like, no clue. I mean, I wasn't sure like how this was going to work and what the workflow of it, like how, you know, what, because even then we had a different idea of who the ideal customer was going to be. And then it ended up being a much bigger type of customer um, because they showed interest. But my point was I just signed on because I was so enamored with like the core values of the two of you and what you were trying to accomplish and what your vision was Um, It wasn't about money. It was really about helping people and not being so reactive to their health, but actually being proactive about it. And I understood the analytics of it because obviously I've been in HR for a while and benefits I hate. Yeah, I think Um, we we say we're unapologetic in our pursuit of economic reward so long as it benefits people, right? So like, and that's obviously a play on words to a certain extent, but you know, I've always believed, you know, organizationally, if you don't bring extraordinary value to each one of your stakeholders, you are going to lose, right? So internally, I don't measure our success um, and we'll never measure our success by how long people stay inside the company, but rather by what they say when they leave, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, I, and, I, and I, you know, believe in this idea of high, tough, high touch, high tech um, as, you know, as a universal you know, kind of operating procedure, like not just like it frustrates the heck out of me as I try to work with some of these technology companies and you, you know, chat with a bot and then you're in this perpetual state of email response and you can't get a human being like I still want that, you know, that closeness, that connection, which goes back to one of the challenges with HR, right, is is some of that like, you know, uh, texture, some of that authentic kind of interaction Um, you have to like put bubble wrap around yourself in order to be able to not get sued. Right. Which is, Mm -hmm. which is the, which is, you know, the job of human resources in some ways. But, but I think that from a company, from a, you know, we want to be very transparent in terms of the value, how we value relationships. 
And, and those relationships with each of our stakeholders is equally important. So it's not just our shareholders. It's not just our you know, platform payers. It's also about delivering opportunity and caring about everyone in the ecosystem. So I'm glad you saw it. We just loved you. I think you said something like you had to take a pee and you ended my call on the first call we had or something. Pee or poo. Poo, it, something it like that. It's one of those. I mean, if I, if I was excited, it was probably poo. It was probably a poo. Yeah, I think yeah, it was. Say, and that I was excites like, me. I was like, I love you. Like, how, who ends a call? Like, it's like an initial call and you're like, I have to poo. It's like, <laughs> all right. I'm like, I was I'm, sweating. Okay. I was probably sweating. Whatever you're into. Like, oh, cool. Um, I mean, <laughs> I've been, I've bared witness to the type of, culture that you're, you know, you're cultivating with the founding team, um, with you, the founding employees, obviously, as well. Um, and it was so interesting, because I came into it, and, and you have incredibly intelligent people on this team, and they all hated HR equally. Um, one of, one of, you know, Joe, right, he was like, I don't understand why you're here. We weren't going to bring HR on until <laughs> year five. <laughs> It's pretty accurate. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because everything we do is like, you know, yes. like, I mean, yeah, you know, but, but you're there now. So that means we're protected, right? Sure. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Um, yeah, but, I, you know, listen, I think that we, we organizationally, we lead with love. So everybody in the organization knows they're loved. They know they're cared for. Mm -hmm. um, and that gives us so much. I think it gives us more latitude. Maybe it gets me in trouble in the long term. Uh, by then, hopefully, I'm, I, you know, someone else is the CEO and not me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but yeah. um, I think, I, you know, um, I, I think it's why I'm, it's why I didn't make a very good employee. I was a successful employee, but I was too thoughtfully disagreeable. I was too, you know, pushed against the boundaries, too frustrated by process, too, too um, limited by, you know, uh, places where bureaucracy got in the way of common sense, uh, particularly in large companies, it's really hard. Yeah. I mean, there's so much red tape, right. And, and even for HR, I mean, I saw an opportunity to disrupt the industry because I was so bored by its people. I didn't really understand like Try what insurance. the, yeah, what the point <laughs> of them were. And, yeah. and HR has such a great opportunity in that, um, in an organization, they're the only department that like has frequent touches with each employee, right? I have access to all their personal information, their pay information. Um, it's my like responsibility to look at promotions and raises. Like it's the only department that really interacts with every single employee in the organization. And I felt like we were missing out on huge opportunities there when we were starting to um, create like a container of sterile relationships. And so for me, um, I knew I was instead of offense. Right? Yes. Like I, I knew I was going to be um, successful in it when, um, you know, with the organization that I was working for when I was an employee back in the day, um, I just had such great friendships with every single person. I knew exactly what their family situation was their favorite food I knew when they like all their little nuances and habits, like when they were snacking on things, um, I knew when they were upset, even if they didn't have to say it. And so the, the productivity and the engagement of that organization was really high. And I felt like I was a quarterback in that entire process. And so when I saw an opportunity to become an independent and I felt like I could do this across many yeah. organizations by just teaching organizations how to do this. Um, there was definitely some pushback from other HR professionals because, you know, I say ass and I say bad words. Poo. And you just and poo. I talk right? about poop. Yeah. Like yeah. everyone knew when I was going to take a poop because I, they'd see me carrying my little wipes to the restroom. <laughs> and so, and they would tell me like, God, like, I can't believe, you know, like that's so gross. I was like, you want to know what's gross? Not using wipes after you poop is gross. <laughs> I yeah. I come wow, out there. Come I out come clean. out of the bathroom like a brand new. It's a brand new yeah. day. Yeah. Why Why should that be saved only for babies? I don't. Yeah. Understand. Exactly. So you know, for me, one trip to Japan and I never have to use wipes anymore because I got the the, the Toto washlet, which is the oh my god, I've used one of those. It is the greatest invention oh of all time. My god. I mean, the fact that we're talking about this on your on HR sucks. Every company in America ought to have one of those. One, it's environmentally friendly. Mm-hmm. Two, there's nothing quite like a warm 
first of it's of warm winter. yeah and 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 by the way i may stay there a little longer than i'm supposed to i'm just gonna go there on record <laughs> no it's amazing so you when you when you sit down it's warm automatically yeah. and then the little fan turns on yeah so it doesn't stink yeah well and, no, no it's just to like dry it off a little bit but it does pre-cleanse the bowl so anyway i went to japan these are everywhere they're in public restrooms they're they're everywhere like they've got it nailed down like no, it, still, it was like, like we're, we're, I, we're Neanderthals in America. Can you get me one for yes. Christmas? Merry Christmas. Um, it has year. a front water. It has a back water. Yeah. It has a dryer. I don't use the front water. Well, <laughs> <laughs> not unless I feel really frisky. Me too. But you know, you have to like position yourself because it's not like the exact like spot. Well, this one, and, my, and the one it's I funny because when the like, water the, hits it, like, windshield wipers, it goes back and forth, and like it's. Oh, like, I'm, uh, I'm sure I could play with it. There's like a remote. I'm sure I could play yeah. with it, but yeah. it's like, um, it's funny because when when it hits like a certain spot, I have to pee more. <laughs> it's like it's like a button in there. <laughs> no, the difference between men and women. I just usually fit. I've stopped peeing when I'm done peeing. Uh, anyway. No, but there, there, there's. It's good. I, I agree. This has so, got to be the best. Like. By the way, thank God you saved this for your last podcast of the year because this is going to get you thousands of followers. Right oh, the the last episode was pretty bad. There's there was like big dick energy mentioned with Bradley. Oh yeah, big yeah. dick energy for sure. <laughs> so, uh, which was one of the first things I learned about you from Hager. <laughs> every time we were talking about restroom or something, he just kept going like this. <laughs> wow! Thank you. I'm, I'm kind of blushing. It's the first. <laughs> um, uh, so what, I mean, what was, what is your vision for Enrollify? I mean, and well, number one, I obviously, we heard what your vision was. <laughs> Has that changed now that things have like escalated so quickly for this organization? Yeah. I mean, I think I, I've been an entrepreneur long enough to know that the best plans that you have are the ones that God laughs at. Do you know what I mean? Like, so I think one of the things that is really key for entrepreneurial success long-term is to be nimble enough, like to be inflexible in what you're trying to do, right? Like I always say to the team, like, like let's first sell books, right? Amazon, let's sell books. Um, but I think that you also have to be nimble enough to be able to adjust as the market is telling you, these are things that you need to do. And so, you know, it's funny because I'm not a tech entrepreneur, like historically speaking, right? I built mm -hmm. sales organizations organically from zero. I was a visionary mm -hmm. caster and, and, you know, led and, and you know, uh, sales. So I think we have the advantage that we're not like most tech companies are afraid to sell or they they lack sales that we don't lack that what we last lack is probably technical efficacy right like technical mm -hmm. knowledge of how things work but we've got a great development team so um i think what i found in this tech business thing though is that every time you want to make a little pivot it's like okay we got to go talk to the developers and figure out like what steps are here and if you don't do that then all of a sudden, like, like you're, you kind of have to play the movie all the way to the end so that you don't end up having to go backwards and, and recreate some of the database elements and things of that nature. So, um, you know, the vision, the vision for it really is that, that, you know, this engagement doesn't stop at benefits. Like there's other areas of engagement. There's other, um, elements that that could be addressed that that businesses have needs for for this freelance talent for subject matter experts um, and and ultimately I think we'll we'll continue to listen to what the market tells us uh, what was really appealing to uh, you know from you other than your glowing personality and charm and the fact that you you know um, tell me more <laughs> stop it some more uh, was actually your focus on engagement and human resources because that's really some of the target audience who we indirectly work with, um, but I think there's also a lot of opportunity for us to, you know, expand in, in that space, so. What, um, I mean, now that it, it's almost, like your dream is going to come true, right? Like it's on its way to yeah. whatever, like numbers you've set for it, it's gonna happen, it's gonna happen a lot quicker. And I know one of the common things that happens is once you, you know, achieve this dream, there's almost like a, what do I do next? What's like your level 10 for Enrollify? You know, um, like I'm, I truly think I'm like a serial entrepreneur. 
so I, I'll, I think that I will, I think that this will run its course and whether it becomes a huge business that I'm able to operate from a distance, you know, in, in a chairman way, as opposed to an active involved CEO, or whether it means that we have an exit in some future, um, which, which, you know, is, is foreseeable with the kind of distribution we're growing and the kind of uh, functionality that we have, I, I, you know, it might just be, you know, another endeavor completely different that this tech introduction allows me to go elsewhere in tech. Um, you know, what I, what I, what I, what I really do want to do is, is spend my time giving of myself freely. So if, if, um, you know, inside of our business, what we're trying to do is, is, you know, liberate the inner entrepreneur. I, I believe entrepreneurism is the answer to the most of the ills that plague society today, mm-hmm. uh, because it doesn't care. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't care if you have a unibrow like you. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. You like, you don't have that because you work on it because you work yeah, on it. No, it's been a while actually. <laughs> but you know, it doesn't, it doesn't care if you're male or female or gay or straight or black or white. It's, it, it, it you know, it rewards effort and, and talent and execution equally. And so I think that this is a better path than expecting politicians to fix it or edu- the education system to fix it or anything else. So or corporate, right? Or, cor- or yeah, big corporations. And, so, and I think, I think the nimbleness of entrepreneurism can solve a lot of things. So I'd love to be able to inspire more of those types of things, um, help those that feel like they, you know, have limited resources, um, you know, reach their g- dreams and objectives and, you know, I think I think that's the the long term play. Maybe maybe set up an incubator uh, of some sort. I think that would be fun. That would be fun. That's definitely a goal of mine um, is yeah. to start a fund, right, where we can invest in different things. Um, was this the first time you're a CEO? Um, well, I mean, you know, I op- I operated independent agencies, so I was always the CEO. Like I've I've had my sorry, my dog is snoring, so I'm gonna just okay. kick her and uh, <laughs> try to wake her up. Um, she just all she does is go. go. <laughs> um, so funny. Uh, I'm used to it. I think I've gotten like immune to it at this point. I know. I just don't want it to be like background noise on the, um, so I I mean, I was, I owned agencies, right? So when you're a small business, but every, all the people that worked for me were independent contractors. It's the way the insurance business works, Mm -hmm. but I had, you know, organizations that were 250, 500 people, right? Six. I think when I was running the LA agency, it was, it was 800 people at its top when I was still independent. Mm -hmm. And then, and then, you know, what I learned was that when you are an entrepreneur, right? So when you represent another company in an entrepreneurial way, they can change their mind. Right. And so they changed the model and they turned us into W2s. And I was like, wait a second, I got to pee in a cup. Like, yeah. that's not good. Like, not only because I'm not going to pass the test, but like- Because all that coke you do. Yeah, you know, how do you think <laughs> I get up like this? But, you know, I, like it's-, it's uh, it's um, it just all of a sudden it changed everything about, you know, the way I, I looked at things. And so, so I, I'd been, I'd been the CEO ish, right. I was self-determined. I was paying the balance sheet, but you know, listen, ultimately when you start a business, regardless of you're an entrepreneur or an entrepreneur, you know, CEO is a glamorous title, but most people don't know that it means janitor, that it means payroll. It means, you know, legal me, reviewer. Boss. It's like, it's a shit job. That was like you know one I mean? of the things that really attracted me to advisement was I didn't have to be the CEO. It was amazing because oh, at, I hated it. I think, I think that, you know, one of the biggest misconceptions is like, leave your nine to five behind and answer to nobody. I'm like, no, you have to answer to everybody when you're the CEO. Like everyone is looking yeah. at you to make every single move. And there's not, there's not a lot of freedom in being the CEO, um, which is no. why like I, you know, next year. That's why Jeff Bezos is out. So I, he, well, he stayed in for probably a lot longer than he needed to, to be honest. Um, but what's, ha- what has been like the biggest challenge for you in Enrollify and like leading this team to where it is today? Oh man, you know, um, I love, like, it's, it's funny because I love getting punched in the face. Like, like most, you know, like, like you, there's a lot of people that, um, uh, Gary Vee talks about self-awareness and the importance of it. 
like entrepreneurism is not for everybody. Like it is not, it is not glamorous. It is not. And I started when it really wasn't glamorous. Like when the only people that decided to be an entrepreneur were losers that couldn't get corporate jobs. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, when I left college and then I went in the insurance business, my mother was like, are you crazy? Like, what's wrong with you? Like, you know, and, and, um, obviously I had, a, had prolific success and, you know, made an inc- like, I got so grossly overpaid, you know what I mean? For what I did. But I, I think, I think the hardest part of Enrollify when it was just me, mm-hmm. like, like, you know, <clears throat> when I left after, after being inside of an ecosystem for so long, my identity was so wrapped up in who, in what I did that I forgot who I was, right? Uh, so, you know what I mean? Speaking <clears throat> so, to me. So when I, you know, when I got up in front of a, you know, a stadium, right? Like of a thousand or a couple thousand people and, you know, they revere, like you got this reverence, you have to say, there's this incredible like give take when you're in a leadership role mm-hmm. um, that's aspirational. And and I got a lot, listen, I, I think that I helped a lot of people, which is why I was, lucky enough to be in that place where people entrusted me um, with their commitment and their dedication and their sacrifice and all those things. And I would say influence is getting people to do the things you want them to do because they want to do it. Right. And so that's a gift that's being bestowed upon me. Uh, But so much of who I was, was tied into that. Like it's where my ego got fed. It was where, so all of a sudden when you're by yourself, and you know, and there's no one to tell you how good you are, right? And your mm-hmm. spouse is like, where the fuck's the money? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, how's this gonna change our lives? Like mm-hmm. that's where that's where you have to like be dogged in your determination and be unflappable and in some way just know that you're good and talented and that everything you've done up till now has prepared you for what you're doing. And uh, I'm blessed because in those moments where I actually had a little like tinge of doubt and there are days, right? Like where you're like, what am I doing? Uh, Hager was there to like, like smack me and be like, Hey, let's, let's do some, you know, LSD in your backyard and rethink this whole thing. And start chicken fried gratitude. Yeah, we may have done that, (laughs) but Um, but I think, I think we, you know, I mean, I think that we like, like his friendship, his love, for me and respect for me has been so important. And I think it was reciprocal because for many years I was that for him mm-hmm. and I needed, I needed some of those things along the way. Um, and I think that, <clears throat> I think that, um, you know, partnership, whether it's equal partnership or whether it's, you know, when you find people that are genuinely, you know, um, selfless, in a relationship and they care about you and they, and they love you and they want to see you win, not for any reason other than that they're there to support you. Like, man, you hold on to those people with everything that you have. And uh, man, I've made a career of it. I, I, I've, I've surrounded my pe- myself with people like that. My whole team is that way. I would, I'd die for any one of them. I love them. They know it. I would do, I'd go, to the end of the earth. I, you know, I would, I go without paying, like I still haven't taken a paycheck in, you know, two plus years, <laughs> you know? Um, and so thank God the stock market is doing well. Right. So, <laughs> um, I mean, thank God, like, you know, and, and, um, you hit, you had a couple hits. Yeah. Couple yeah. good, couple good oh, hits. Yeah. I haven't cashed out of those yet though. Yeah. Um, but, but we're not, we're not, we're not hemorrhaging like we could be, you know? Right. I mean, my experience was like the opposite. I was alone first. Like I didn't hire my first employee until two years into it, into starting the organization and starting the a company. year. I was almost a year. For me? No, for me. I was oh, a okay. year, a year before I hired. No, but me. I didn't have, my, my point is I didn't have that, the type of career that you had prior to that. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah, yeah. Like, like now it's kind of getting to where it should, you know, where I've wanted it to go. But I started by myself. I was just like, I just need to make enough to to make ends meet and spend time with my daughter. Like that, th- that was what I needed to do. That was more important to me was to spend time with her. And so, um, you know, now it's almost, I have such a lack of reverence. My, you know, it's opposite for me where I'm like, it's very self-deprecating and 
I'm now having people call me out on it where it's like, why do you keep doing that? And it's because a part of me almost doesn't believe it. You know, I don't like, like do you just wake up some days. You're like, how did this happen? Like, how am I? Like, how is this my life? And yeah. Is, yeah. Yeah. Like, like, how is this my life? Like how I literally, I was journaling about it and I was like, how did I get here? Like, how did I, like, even from the time you and I met my life has completely changed. You're I mean, this is in November, <laughs> right? I'm, when did I meet you? Oh, October? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I think so. I think October, so. November. <clears throat> like my whole life changed. I went through such a huge transition personally, even professionally, things started to just start moving at a fast pace that I do had, I've had moments where I'm like, um, I don't understand how I got here. I mean, I do, but then I don't, you know, and, and yeah. I'm trying to work on that, but it's really hard. It's, it's hard to just accept. And like, you know what? I did the work. I, I, I'm a good person. I'd like to think. And I, no, but, but you, you undervalue how like, well, maybe I'm, I'm, I'm jump. I'm, I'm going to say something that I don't know the fact of, I don't think you know how good you are. Like, I don't think that you have an understanding in reflection of the bigger scheme of things. You may have some sort of like ego wise, you may like think, yeah, I'm pretty good. I'm funny. You don't realize, <laughs> you don't realize how good you actually are. And, and, and so, so talent is rewarded when execution happens mm-hmm. and you get after it every single day. You put yourself out there. You're like, I'm going to get more coaching. I'm going to this organization. I got this thing going. You got a lot of shit going on and having a lot of shit going on opens doors, opens up opportunities, opens up relationships that then open up other opportunities. And, other, you know, and, and a lot of times entrepreneurs like, like I'm, I'm terrible at that thing. Like even just your request the other day, Hey, do you want to do this coaching? I'm like, oh, I got so much other shit going on. Right. Like, um, I, um, I do it a lot. You know, I probably take a harder path because I don't open myself up to a lot of those things. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of rely on surrounding myself with other people that do. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, everybody has a different strategy of, of obtaining that type of knowledge. I think I'm, I think for me, because, um, you, I've, I want to say I'm so juvenile in this part of my career. Like I don't, you know what I mean? Like you, because you've done it, you're probably able to discern, okay, which opportunity do I want to spend time in a lot better than I do. Right. Like for me, it's trial and error. Like I, like I was on a podcast yesterday and it was terrible. And it's like, I should have listened to a couple episodes before that. And I would have like declined or, or have done something, but I'm just like, yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. Sure. Yes. Yeah. But, and yeah. I think also that's self-awareness. Right. And I think, but you also have to, you have to put yourself out there to make enough mistakes. Like vulnerability is one of the things that I think, you know, a lot of people refuse to have They're like, oh, I don't want to waste my time. Like, well, you know, you never know. Maybe one person listens to that podcast and then they could start following you here. And that leads to something entirely different. So, you know, you can't wait, like you can't, you know, be upset that you've wasted some effort. This dog is out of control. She's so pissed. Like every time I kick her, she gets up and walks across the room. Um, but she, uh, this is COVID. Welcome to COVID. Um, it's great. You get to see the, the, the real stuff. But, but I think, I think you, you've got to keep putting yourself out there and risk making the mistake. Um, you know, the, the real, the real error and how you go from being the juvenile to being, you know, mature, if there is such thing, mm-hmm. is that you make enough mistakes that you learn something. You do know you what I mean? We'll, do you think we'll ever mature? Do you mean like, like in terms of behavior wise? Just, like yeah, just all of us. Like, I, I, I wish, I, I wish we could record some of our, uh, staff meetings right like not. they're yeah. so bad like but in a good way like they're so they're good the that they're bad way yeah like i usually i'm like i can't believe i have to be on a 4 p.m meeting on like on a thursday i'm it's like it's because of the question it's i'm like dumb i'm like it's done because with we meetings. ask the question at the end right and you get like the real like mm-hmm. the real story right yeah like what what was the funniest this is how we started it, it was like what was the worst thing a teacher ever said to you yeah. and we were dying yeah or the most the embarrassing the most embarrassing thing that ever happened to you yeah i just but you know like like that's how you get to know people be like isn't that human resources 
right? Like, yes, I, I know, it like it's not HIPAA compliant. Like I'm not asking you if you ever had a colonoscopy. Like I'm asking right. you, like if you ever shat your pants. But everybody totally would, different things. would totally <laughs> let you know though. Like everyone is not afraid to talk about it. You know, there's a husband and wife in the team, and it's just so amazing to like pin them against one each other, one another, it's cool. it's or classic. like make all of these like anecdotes about them it's so, classic it's so it's, it's so it really is funny and it, it's um but again like i mean you know um i think that those are the things that are missing like it you know we're in such sterile you know in a sterile place in 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 you know corporate culture today that we're not it's like the teachers can't hug children i understand there's a few pedophiles out there that have ruined it for everybody but not every team, like children need to be hugged. And, you know, most teachers have no malintention. And I don't know, like how you protect, you know, one group and, and, you know, at the, with, without sacrificing that. And I think the same problem is in HR, right? Is like, you get one person who, you know, makes someone feel really awkward and, you know, um, that person feels victimized and, and I'm not diminishing the person being victimized. I'm just saying like, it shuts down some of this, like, really human the human part of human resources like where's the humanity right here i'm right here yeah. um von kohler he says this i think he's i think he said it on our show too he was talking he's a pastor and he was saying like when when he grew up or he was working at a at, at a church <clears throat> the pastor like gave, like the kids loved to hug the pastor like it was very special to them and he he said the same as like kids need to be hugged yeah. And it's really, it's unfortunate that we take this like gateway drug approach to everything in life. It's like, well, like hugging in itself is not bad, right? Like, doesn't matter if you're hugging men, women, children, no, who you are. like hug your coworkers, your boss, mm. like hugging in of itself. There's nothing wrong with that. It's like one of the most beautiful things, actually. It's funny because I'm, you know, like I've recently found like this whole new heart open like the heart open hug is like, oh my God, like you just sink into it. It's like, mm -hmm. there's such a connection that I'm you can have with others. Oh, I mean, it's just amazing. Um, I'm a and, hugger and, it's, and it's, like a, a nuzzler. Like yeah, I'm a nuzzle my like, face. Yeah. You've not done that. You, you like <laughs> next time we're together, like just be like, <laughs> just snuggle, put your, snuggle. yeah, right. right I call it, with my daughter, we call it uh, the lion's kiss. Like, oh yeah. Just, yeah. We just yeah. like touch faces. Um, oh, it's a beachua. Yeah. No, we don't do you want her up? A beachua. <laughs> whatever, whatever they say. It sounds like a bad word. Yeah. Some, some Maybe language. it was. I don't know. It was my best line what, approach. What, like, truly? Because you know, with my our, my mission in life with game day is is to create happier workplaces because happier workplaces results in happier people. What makes you happy? Wow, that's a really hot, like, I, I think what, what, maybe it's better what satisfies me in a, in a, in a business setting, right? Because what makes me, there's so many things that make me happy. I love watching other people win, right? I love people watching people reach their potential feeling. I, I'll tell you, like, what makes me happy inside the business is that our benefit gurus, um, are able to be there for people when they need another human. And I think, I think, you know, our, though our, our, you know, our slogan is benefiting people, like we want to benefit humanity in some meaningful way. And so many people feel alone in this journey. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I, we had a, I had one of the benefit gurus made a comment in our Slack channel. Um, this summer, we had a large, we had a large client, a union that was a grocery store um, in Oregon, grocery union in, in, in Oregon. And uh, Oregon was like 40% of Oregon was on fire. And all these right. people were like, you know, like, like um, evacuated from their homes. COVID was like in full blown. And these are frontline workers. Mm -hmm. And um, one of the benefit gurus just, you know, just basically said, I'm so grateful. Like I just got off this call and, you know, as tough as things are, as bad as I have, it, I was talking to this person who's all alone, who's scared to death and just needed someone to talk to. And it was like, at that moment, my, like, like this, you know, I just had this like, holy shit moment. Like we're actually doing it. Like mm -hmm. we're actually there to facilitate this human empathetic connection. Yeah, yeah. connection, like this empathetic other centered, like generosity 
um, towards understanding and towards people feeling secure. And so I think that's, those things make me happy, like more than a big bank account, which will be also awesome. Um, but, uh, I think that's, I think that's the essence. I, I, I think you and I, like we, um, get along so well because we, we feel like all of it, right? Like, yeah. like when I love people, which is a lot, there's a lot of people I would say that I, I will love you until you give me a reason not to is basically what it is. Um, it's funny. Cause like I've had the three, three female best friends for 15 to 25 years at this point. And it was, you know, when, um, one of their, one of them had a birthday and her boyfriend did this like whole thing, um, for her, like a surprise birthday and just like a really nice thing, a lot of nice things that he did. And I felt like it was like my birthday. <laughs> like I yeah. felt the love, like, like <clears throat> seeing this person who I've loved for so long and, and also struggle yeah. to, in her well, relationship. It's, fun, it's funny because I actually, for me, a lot of that connect, that emotional part is new. Um, mm -hmm. I've gotten, you know, the last couple of years, I've spent a lot of time, like, like really working on myself. And whereas historically I was just had like, it was all ego, right? Being a CEO was all ego. I was like head down, move forward, like pound mm -hmm. hustle. Killed um, or, kill or be killed. Yeah. Like I was like, if I ever get a tattoo, they're going to be on my feet. And it's going to say, go forward. You know what I mean? Oh like God. that was like, like so that, <laughs> I don't, I don't have a tattoo, you know, but, but like it was, that was always like, that was my mindset. Like mm -hmm. that was, and it served me, right. I lived in this muted, unemotional space that made me like a you know a productive narcissist maybe like in some way and and um now in the last several years i found this other place and i'm like so emotional so emotionally connected and i feel it so much more but i think i think i missed out like like i i feel like you know like i'm i'm nowhere near as successful as i could have been if i could have tapped into that love on a much deeper way um, well, it's a different definition not. of success. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's different. I mean, for me, same, like I'm like, I'm happier now. Um, I mean, it just happens that I might make more than I've ever made before, but, but I'm like happier just feeling. I've been meaning to talk these... to you about that. No, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get to work. I promise. Um, I, I think for me, it's been, um, I was like you where I just pushed everything down. Like I didn't want to love anybody. And so even though I've had these friendships for so long, I, I, a part of me feels like I'm barely feeling it for the first time. Like, like the love that I feel for them has grown tremendously over the last year. And, uh. and like, I'm seeing them in a whole different light. Like I'm having dinner with this girl that I've known since we were five years old. And last year we went to dinner and this is when I started meditating and really focusing on like being present. Yeah. And I'm just sitting there like no phone, nothing. Right. And I'm having dinner. I'm just looking at her. I'm like, you're so pretty. Like I didn't. I, this, but you that. and I are on the same exact path because I, I see people in, and some of it's about manifestation, like, like um, where I'm like, you know, I, I wrote down a list of things that I wanted to manifest in my life. And one of those is to see the person in front of me and the reason that God put them there. Mm -hmm. Right. And, 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 and really see them and really be present and not be distracted and not be moving forward, but just be there. And, and look, meditation has helped that. And, and, um, you know, prayer has helped that and, and some other things. Yeah. Some other things. Yep. And, uh, so, but, but I gotta tell you, like, I like this is why I love you so much. Like I see you, I see all of you. I I'm just you it's crazy. I do. Tell I do. me some things. I mean, <laughs> you're gonna get that whole you know. Um, no, I I, I see brilliance. I see potential. Mm. I see a light. I see purpose. I see passion. I see compassion. I see all. I see this you know this um this blossoming. And, and, and each, each person has, you know, this unbridled potential within them, um, you know, and, and I see an expansion of love. Like that's, that's ultimately what this is about. And don't you feel like so much, like once, once when you, did we be, when did this podcast become Aubrey Marcus? Like what? I know, like, we're going to give you a run for your money amp podcast. Um, I, I, I think, I think for me too, it's like, 
so much easier to do that than it is to have all of these judgments and expectations of people. Um, you know, I just had a pivotal time forgiving my mom. Like I always thought, I always said like, ah, it doesn't bother me. I'm over it. But then these triggers would come up and all of these things, you know, it, all these feelings would come back. And so for the first time, I think in my life recently, I, I like I'm seeing her for the first time we're at who she is today. Yeah, like she, she did the best with what she had. Yeah. I was, I was neglecting myself over and over again by going back and having these thoughts of things that happened when I was a kid over and over and over again. So it becomes like, who's the more abusive one? The one do you who feel, do you doing feel it? like, do you feel like the, the, the vulnerability and the love that you have, like, um, I think, I think other people have, you know, the people I'm around now, the depth of the relationships and the people that I'm connecting to feel it in such a much more profound way. And I just wonder, like, you know, with some of them, if it's not going to spiral out of control, like in some way, but I refuse, like, you know, like there's this whole box that I think that, that we have artificially created for ourselves around expectations and about dogma and cultural limitations and business and like, you know, in how we define ourselves and how we see ourselves and how we measure success. And it's all bullshit. All of it. It's all bullshit. And so once you like get rid of that box, it's like, oh my God, I can just be here. I can just, I don't, you know. You, you not only let go of expectations of others, but you let go of expectations of yourself. Yeah. Um, where you're, you know, you're like, I'm holding on to the CEO label even, you know, I held on to it. Like, I have to do it. I have to be it. I have. And I'm like, for what? Like, yeah, you, don't, why? you can't cash that title at a bank. Yeah. Like what, what's that. the point? Or I'm holding on to, you know, people are holding on to their political labels or their racial labels, right? It's like, oh, I'm Armenian, but am I like, my parents weren't born there. They were born in Egypt. My last name has an army like how but Armenian you live in burbank I? you live in burbank i live in pasadena oh, oh sorry um it's <laughs> well you're, you're definitely not armenian <laughs> it's different. and it's glendale, oh, yeah, it's glendale. sorry it's glendale. Glendale. <laughs> um you know so it's like we we have all of we create these limitations and expectations of ourselves not realizing how complex we really are like we are not like five things right we're like millions all of, of the things, things. all yeah. of the things like we're, we're all a little bit of everything we're all a little democrat we're all a little republican we're all a little uh black we're all a little white like well the only like, people that they seem to know it is facebook who changes the algorithm specifically for you right yeah this fucking evil <laughs> bastards exactly so tell our listeners where they can find you and Rollify. What, how, how, if anybody who's interested in learning more, what should they do first? Yeah, I mean, uh, all over the place. Adam H. Michaels um, on Facebook and A.H. Michaels on Twitter, which I don't really do anymore because it's too much poison, um, <laughs> you know, but um, in Rollify. Really on Instagram either. I, you know, I really have. You just go and troll a, me. That's it. I used to be like big, like all in on I've social media. And I, and I really backed off of it because there's so much noise out there. Well, you've um, changed, right? Like you've changed as a person. Yeah, I think I've changed. I also didn't want to pontificate about the things that I had done in the past. I wanted to give more insight into what I was doing in the real time. Okay. And I just didn't feel like the, I just didn't feel like the platforms provided me that same opportunity. Your little quote cards, right? Your quote yeah, cards I, are like work. If you work, you will get no, like eat, eat the shit sandwich, like which we're all what like, flavor. Hey, I know that guy, by the way, Mark Manson. He's in my Gen X group. Yeah. I don't yeah. Know. What flavor should he's the one who wrote the subtle art of not giving an F the shit oh, sandwich. I, I don't I, I never read that book. I didn't need to read a book to tell me that. I, <laughs> no, I've been talking about eating the shit sandwich for years and years and years as a salesperson. It's about prospecting. Oh. But okay. but anyway, that's so he stole it from me. I want my royalties. All right, um, I'll talk to him about it. Anyway, the so um send me an email. You want to talk to me, Adam at myenrollify.com. Cool. And websites enrollify.io. Myenrollify. I just wrestled away in rollify.com yes. and we will be moving away from in but some mm. bastard was holding us hostage. Another CEO responsibility that you mm -hmm. didn't expect to deal with. Anyway, thank you so much for doing this. This was fun. Can we do it? Yeah. Again? 
We will. We will do it again when we revamp the show for season two. And then we got to do your the podcast with you, Hager, and myself. We got to do part two of uh, Chicken Fried Gratitude, which we left at a cliffhanger because we were all, I was a little hungover when we were recording. I have to admit that now. Mm. Um, but um, thank you everybody for being here. And you can find us on Instagram at HR sucks. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss a beat. I'll see you back next season, actually. Bye. Bye. Bye.